Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. I bid you welcome all of you who are here physically and those joining us on the World Wide Web. Welcome, welcome. This is a special time frame. This is the day yesterday was a national day of prayer and it was the 70th anniversary of this event taking place in the United States. It began 70 years ago and I saw a picture from the 70 years anniversary when it began and one of the prayer gatherings was addressed by Dr. Billy Graham and uh, we bless his name and then Dr. Franklin Graham his son, who is quite a leader also in our nation, he came, had a comment about one of the declarations that was made for the National Day of Prayer. And I, I will comment on that in a moment. But basically, uh, the present U.S. government recognized that this was, yesterday was the anniversary of the National Day of Prayer. And so, number one, we, we want to join the thousands of churches and millions of people in America who believe in the Lord God Almighty. And so they seek His face in prayer and worship and thanksgiving. That's, we are doing that. We are grateful for Jenna and the worship team. Will you just give them a big clap, please? Please, thank you guys, it's wonderful that you are helping us as we fly in the praises of the living God. We want to worship Him, praise Him. And then we are based, it's our word, and what the basis on which what we are doing here tonight. And in so many times, for 25 years, by the way, we have been watching and praying here in this city. So we have been, God's given us the grace to faithfully meet I don't think we have ever missed coming together, praying, exalting the name of the Lord and praying and blessing the Charlotte, North Carolina and Fort, Fort Mill and um, Rock Hill and uh, this region. And of course the Carolinas, North and South Carolina and the United States. I want to begin tonight by sharing from the scripture, and I'll I'll be sharing several scriptures uh, and some others may also later on, but there is a a very interesting scripture that really instructs us as to what should be our position. Uh, We have uh, moved out, this is uh, the time frame where we look back at the elections that had happened, national elections in uh, last year, in November, and then the results. Many people were somewhat disappointed with the results, but we are going on that. But all of this, for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, our basis is primarily the Word of God, and one of the main voices that guides us is the Lord Jesus Himself. And He is shared this in uh, Luke 18, the Lord Jesus himself, it says, then he spoke a parable, Jesus, 
spoke a parable. It was a parable to his disciples and the people who had come to listen to him. He says that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And that's one of the, one of the things that I would emphasize for us here tonight and for our nation, though many, many nations of people, disciples are listening to us, so I would speak to them also for their nation. But uh, many of the ears that listen to us are from the United States. And he says, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So there is a possibility that as we adventure in in our faith, that it is possible that you may lose heart. And this is the instruction from the Lord Jesus himself, who says, be careful now. Do not lose heart, but be encouraged what? Our men all always ought to pray. Men always ought to what? Pray. Say it out loud. Pray. So praying is a major emphasis with the living God, with, with Jesus himself, who is res, whose resurrection we celebrated a few weeks ago. And then he gives an example. And it, it, it kind of talks about it as if, as if it's a real story that happened in his day. And he says, there was a certain city, there was in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. So he had respect for nobody. Now there was a widow in that city. And talk about someone who is, she doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a big family or elder sons. She's all alone. And uh, she came to him, to the judge, saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. So she would come and say, you better get justice for me. The word justice is quite important, I believe. Say justice. justice. So that is in every nation people, regular people, their hunger is that they will get justice, not violence and not the mob's voice. It is whatever. Even a widow's position, she says, I'm not going to be cheated. And I want you to see that I get justice. Get justice for me from my adversary. He would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, this, for me, I don't know why it tickles me. Uh, he says, though I do not fear God, nor regard men. So he, had, he didn't think God had any business in what he was doing. Nor regard men. So he's not even influenced by men. I'm a judge. Yet, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. So the key is, this woman is asking and she's persisting. She won't leave him alone. I want justice. I want justice. I will avenge her. Say, I will avenge her. So he is listening. And finally, he gives in. Lest by her continually coming, she weary me. So she says, I don't want to get tired. She's the kind will keep on persisting, keep on knocking, and, and just, she will be a pest. Then the Lord 
said. This is the Lord's story. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. So this is an example for us and a word on the 70th anniversary of the National Day of Prayer that I believe that God is instructing us, is slightly adjusting us, maybe we could say even correcting us, and saying, look at this widow. She is an example of what you should be doing. I am the Lord, and I'm instructing you. This is how the Lord, sometimes this is how it appears that there's nobody listening. But I want to tell you, men always ought to pray and not let circumstances discourage you. Do not let what you see even in the natural discourage you. Keep praying. You know how to pray? Keep praying. What is the Lord's the instruction then? Keep praying. What's he saying? Amen. That is something that's a word I believe that I felt like the Lord emphasized this anniversary of the National Day of Prayer. That uh, Yet, by the way, one of the things that then Dr. Franklin Graham observed and many others is that there was a declaration of, because it's customary to have a declaration. There are millions of Americans listening to this. So they came out with a declaration from the White House. And we want to, on the 70th anniversary, we say this is a national day of prayer, and prayer is good. Prayer is good. And it's as if I was speaking to my child, and the child is two, three, four years old. Prayer. My child. Prayer is good. <laughs> and what they pointed out, and it's true pointing out, is that not one time in the declaration do they ask God. God the name of God is not mentioned. A prayer to something. Prayer to the, the air. Prayer to, I mean, God is not mentioned one time. Not one time. And that is what is disturbing here. And... Uh, in the previous anniversary, most of the time, I believe that they would address God. But that doesn't matter to us. We are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we shall pray in the name of the Lord. We shall certainly not hear and let the word go out. I mean, be encouraged, number one. We will continue in prayer. Because that's the instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will not allow ourselves to get discouraged. Put your hand on your heart. Everywhere. Here and those many hundreds watching on the internet. Put your hand on your heart and say, I will not allow myself to, to get discouraged. I want to tell my heart. Heart. Receive strength. From the, from the Lord. I will pray and continue to pray. And my God hears my prayer. 
He answers prayer. My God is a great God. He has given me great promises. And I believe his promises. And I address my prayers to the living God. And I exalt and praise the name of Jesus Christ who makes these answers possible. Thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer. So tonight, we want to declare from this, the watch, World Watch headquarters, that we are praying to God. We are praying in the name of Jesus. And our God is listening. The Holy Spirit is giving heed to our cry. Whether it is a cry for healing for our children, or whether it's a cry for some relative that needs power of the Lord to come and invade. When you need prayer for a rebellious son who is on drugs, we pray, Lord, come intervene, give deliverance to my son or my daughter, Lord. Lord, where my children or my relatives, my nephew, my niece have rebelled against God, Lord, hear my prayer and save them. Let them come to have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let them be able to repent and change their lives. Lord, hear our prayer where our nation is concerned. And Lord, we repent. Hear our cry. We repent of the multiple thousands of little babies that have been aborted in our nation. And we cry out, Lord, we repent on behalf of our nation tonight. So we, we are crying out. We are crying out for God's grace to be over this territory, over Charlotte, over Fort Mill, over Rock Hill, over South Carolina, over North Carolina, and over the United States of America. Lord, hear our cry. Where there is cry for justice, where they are asking for fraud to be canceled out, Lord, hear our cry. There are upcoming, in about a year or so, there will be another big election, a national election for Congress, for Senate, for the House. We are praying, Lord, hear our cry and give us justice, Father. And I want you to know, number one, and it's an important point, that I am, we are not praying alone here. And we are not crying out, worshiping in empty air. Our God is a mighty God. Our God hears prayer. And our God is answering your prayer. Your prayer. And your prayer. And your child's prayer. It may not be eloquent. It may be simply, Lord, Father God, help me. Whatever it is, God is hearing our cry. Someone greater than you is listening. And God desires to intervene on your behalf, on my behalf. He is intervening on your house prayers. He's intervening on your family matters. He's intervening on our national affairs. This came out with figures that said, well, one figure said this, but another figure said, we have a lot of 
help needed in our economy that the economy may not be doing exactly what public declarations are. But I want to tell you there is a greater than you and I that's listening to our prayers. Every prayer. God is listening. He is hearing the praises we sing to the living God. He is listening to the worship and the praise and the thanksgiving. And, uh, and we wanted tonight to release agreement with the Word of God. Sometimes we only know a little, but we are praying, trusting the Lord. But God knows all, and He is intervening on your behalf. Many, many years ago, I, we learned, uh, I mean, there were several occasions that we learned of certain things that were supernatural. Our God is a supernatural God. Say, my God, my God. is a supernatural God. And he is hearing my prayer. So, one night, I, I'm a late-nighter. And uh, this was years ago when my daughter, Anna, who has been married a few years now, but this was when she was in high school. And she had this good and bad habit. I don't know what still. I'm trying to make up my mind. But when we told her, honey, go to sleep, she would study like a fanatic. She, she loved to study and she would not. And especially if there was a test. I have a test tomorrow. Then she would study for hours and almost like it would be four o'clock in the morning. She would have to get up at seven and go drive to school. But she would still be up. 3, 3.30, 4, and I would have to tell her, honey, get some sleep. And yes, daddy, I'll go. And then she, usually around 4, she might go to bed. Uh, and I said, this won't, it won't do, honey. You got to get some sleep. So I remember, I quite believe that she was a slightly uh, sleepy. But she got up anyway. She had to go to give tests. Tests are holy. Very, I mean, it was like she was driven and very conscientious. So she went and uh, she dro drove an old car. And as I was passing her, I said, honey, you got to go to bed. And when you drive in the morning tomorrow, drive mom's church, not mine. I used to drive on a Yeah, sorry. Drive, drive. Yo, daddy, um, mom's uh, car, not mine. And she used to drive my car and to go to, to, go to school. And so she said, yes, daddy. And she obeyed. She took her, her mom's car, which was very modern at that time, and had uh, airbags all of the time at that time that were really helpful. Well, we got a phone call around 7.30 or so from the police and the fire department that there had been a terrible crash. And it was our car. In fact, it was our daughter had been horrible, in a horrible crash. And they couldn't even normally get her out. She was that to use what they call the jaws of death and they have to bring, the, the fire department brings those things and 
that split apart the car and they got inside and uh, the airbags had exploded. So that prevented her from getting, being killed instantly. And in fact, they found her. She was, she had broken bones. So both, was both her legs broken? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, and she was taken to hospital, of course, emergency, everything. But the reason I called was, I mean, I, I gave that example was, as our office opened, there was a lady from Atlanta who phoned our secretary, said, is everything all right with Mahesh and Bonnie? There is something God has kept me awake praying for them and their children all night long. I could not go to sleep. Is, everything, is, there, some, is there anything wrong? And there was, I realized, I had, a, I had a small word from the Lord, drive mom's car. It has got airbags. Mine did not have. And the airbags saved her. But secondarily, I didn't know what was going to happen. But someone out there in Atlanta was praying all night, interceding for my family. And I, do you, did I miss something? When I got to the scene, it was soon after the crash and the emergency rescue guys had arrived on the scene. Um, and as they were extracting Anna from the car, they were all very grim, the EMT guys and the fire department guys. And they told me straight up that they had never taken a person alive out of an accident of that degree. And as you know, we took her out um, of, of the wreckage and to the hospital, those prayers absolutely impacted that whole scenario. And when the doctors began to look her over and, you know, um, take stock of all of her injuries, one of the things that had happened in one of her legs when it was crushed, the bone came within millimeters of her arteries. And just the slightest jar or movement or extra thing, she would have hemorrhaged to death. They wouldn't have, you know, it, it would have been impossible to save her. So it was, it was a great miracle. It was a great miracle. And like you said, a combination, you can see the presence of the Lord hovering over us because he's working in all different ways. He was working in advance to save her as she was coming into that, you know, terrible accident, terrible crisis. He was present with that word that just 
fell out of your mouth without premeditating it never said at it all. Before. And you'd never said it before. Of course, you never said it afterwards, but we thought about it a lot. <laughs> um, but that, it was a word of knowledge. It was a super, it was the breath of the Holy Spirit, literally speaking. So the spirit of prophecy was there in a beautiful way. And then, uh, of course, the prayer covering of that precious intercessor. And imagine how that encouraged us when we knew that there was a particular individual that had literally stayed awake all night interceding for us and our children. That was, that, you know, that was, that was the main thing. And, and uh, you know, Pastor Mahesh, I've been thinking all day today. Today is um, Aaron Chavda's birthday. And for us, it's another of those great, great miracles. For those of you who know the story, um, there was never a confirmation from the physicians that I was pregnant with Aaron. And they never found a heartbeat. They, from the very beginning, they had deemed it uh, not a viable pregnancy and had advised me to, you know, go through some medical procedures and stuff. And I remember when we were there at the doctor's office, Mahesh and I just, we felt a kind of a pause. It was, it was almost like silence, not in a negative way, but it was just quiet. And I think looking back on it, one of the big lessons that we learned is sometimes even in the midst of a crisis, the Lord wants us to wait on him, literally. Just, just wait and listen. And we did that. And many of you know the story that along about the, probably the 17th week, 20th week, as I was laying in bed, and during that time, I, I experienced death twice. I can tell you what it's like, <laughs> and, and it's not to be feared. Uh, you, you are still the same person, um, and uh, immediately present with the Lord. And in that moment, I knew everything, past, present, and future, all at once. I literally could see, and I could see my family, Mahesh, with our uh, three children, with Ben and the two girls, at my memorial service in our church as I was there with the Lord. And as I looked on them, I remarked to the Lord, I sort of like said, that's a rotten thing to do. I mean, I, you, you remain yourself, and believe me when I tell you there is no crying, no sorrow, no pain. In, in death for believers, in the presence of the Lord. It, it blows your mind. It doesn't make sense, but you cannot grieve. There is nothing to it. And I was looking down on, you know, my family, my husband and my little kids that were deserted without their mother and all of that kind of stuff. So anyway, died a couple of times, but I was laying in bed about somewhere along the 17th or 20th week, and I heard that still small voice that sounds like our voice in our head. But there are times when you know that the words that you hear did not come from your spirit, your heart, but from the Lord. And that was the day that he said to me, Bonnie, you will have a son. Name him Aaron. 
because I'm going to do with his life what I did with Aaron's rod in the old days. And you know that story in Numbers is that all the leaders brought sticks, dead wood, and laid it in the manifest physical presence of the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory, in the tent. And by morning, Aaron's rod had become a living fruit-bearing tree with no root, just literally in the living presence of the Lord. It blossomed and flourished. And we held on to that word. But what I wanted to mention was our friend, we had a friend in Texas who was a great intercessor. Her name is Marie Middleton. And we had not been in contact personally for several years. We were busy with Derek in Fort Lauderdale, and they were busy in Texas with the stuff they were doing. And two or three days after I heard that still small voice from the Lord about Aaron, my phone rang, and it was Marie Middleton. And she didn't have our number. She had to find people who knew us to get our phone number. She called on the phone, and she said, I had to call and tell you because something happened to me that has never happened before. I was in my prayer closet, and she really had one. She had, a, had cleaned out a walk-in closet at her home in Texas, and that was her prayer closet, literally. But she said, I was in my prayer closet, and something happened to me today that has never happened in my life. I heard the audible voice of God. And he simply said to call you and tell you you're going to have a son and you're to name him Aaron. She had no idea about our circumstance at that moment. And I'll tell you, that's the kind of confirmation that you want, for sure. You want that kind of confirmation. So the Lord is present. And as we listen to him, I was looking at this scripture while we were singing and worship worthy is your name and recognizing that every knee will bow. We're familiar with that scripture. Every tongue confess. It's in Romans. It's in Philippians 2. But it comes from Isaiah 45. And Isaiah 45 says, there is no other God besides me, a just God. We heard about the judge that finally gave justice a just God and a savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. So he's literally talking to the nations and the people of the world. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and will not return. And that's where we get from our New Testament that the word will not return unto me void. Will not return. It says that to me, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall take an oath and say, surely in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength. To him, men shall come and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. 
For me, this is great encouragement in the time, in the atmosphere that we're living in when fam men and women and younger generations are despising the Lord. And even the, the occupants of our national capital in the White House don't even mention the name of God on the 70th anniversary of the National Day of Prayer. This is our heritage that we're, we're talking about. But he says... To him men shall come, and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him. In the Lord, all the descendants of Israel, of course he's speaking of the Jewish people, but also we know of the covenant that came ultimately through Jesus via Israel, shall be justified. In the Lord shall be justified, and all shall glory. I looked at the original proclamation that was made by Harry Truman. And when we pray, Lord, send revival, revive us again, that 70 years ago, this was the common sentiment of the American people. He said, whereas from the earliest days of our history, our people have been accustomed to turn to Almighty God for help and guidance and in times of national crisis when we are striving to strengthen the foundations of peace and security we stand in special need of divine support the congress by a joint resolution approved april 17 1952 as provided that the president shall set aside and proclaim a suitable day each year other than a Sunday as the national day of prayer on which the people of the United States may turn to God in prayer and meditation. And then he says, and I deem it fitting that this day of prayer coincide with the anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence which published to the world this nation's firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. And then he said, I, Harry S. Truman, President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim Friday, July 4th, 1952, as a national day of prayer on which all of us in our churches, in our homes, and in our hearts may beseech God to grant us wisdom to know the course which we should follow and strength and patience to pursue that course steadfastly. May we also give thanks to him for his constant watchfulness over us in every hour of national prosperity and national peril. Isn't that something? Amen. That was the national sentiment. And this is very important, and I think I'm sure we're going to mention it some more other occasions. But as you mentioned about how this day of prayer started, and that the first proclamation was signed by Harry S. Truman, now I want to attach it to next week we will be also celebrating something significant to the Lord and therefore to God's people 
is that it is the 70th anniversary of 70 something. Um, 1948 it started, but that's when Ben Gurion was Prime Minister of Israel and they were really appealing and the vote was going to be taken and they were they wanted Israel to become a nation in the United Nations once it recognized and welcomed Israel as a nation uh, it would really be awesome but there were so many nations at that time there was no Israel so there were so many anti-Jewish voices that were kind of mutter, 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 but it was behind the scenes. But it looked like it might not be able to successfully be voted in the United Nations. And at that time, now this is, may not be that kosher for me to say it, but I will, that very influential voices in the United States government were against voting for Israel. Among them, one of the most influential, I believe, I may, and correct me if you find this, but uh, this is wrong, but among, the, it was rumored that the, one of the ones who was in opposition was the head of the armies of the United States, and that was George C. Marshall who was, if you look back to, um, what is it, the Ryan's, so, what's that movie called? Huh? Yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> that, they meant have him for a few moments in that movie, but that that's more a fictional story, but in reality, over the head over Eisenhower was George C. Marshall. So he was, and basically, no president would ever go against what he would say. And yet, he had made it clear he would not be in favor of America voting for Israel. And Harry S. Truman took out his Bible, his old Bible, and banged on it and said, my mama taught me the, that this is the word my God wrote. And my God promises all kinds of promises about Israel. And I am going to vote, and we, the United States, are going to vote for Israel. And that was the key vote that brought Israel into existence. And so you may have heard my message. I'm giving away the, the thing. Maybe you will let me keep it secret. But I, there was a sermon some years ago where I said, <clears throat> I'm giving it away already, but uh, I said, who was in history considered the greatest president in the history of the United States? Well, if you know the Bible, you would know that according to the Lord and his word, it would be Harry S. Truman because his vote for Israel made the difference for Israeli independence and therefore in God's eyes, he is the greatest. So that's my way of looking at it. But 
as we talk about prayer, that we, you, 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 all of you here, I know, and those many of you who are watching, that you have experienced Jesus Christ, that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and therefore you uniquely bring something in prayer. When we are in prayer, individually or corporately, on this occasion where we honor the National Day of Prayer, that we bring into the equation Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ into every situation. Whether you are praying for the safety of a child or whether you are praying for a major passage of law and we have, I mean, we have some concerns even now. Uh, but abortion, for example. Jesus cares for every little baby. Whether it's out of the womb or inside the womb. Still, that baby, God knows its destiny and its history. And we better not touch his babies. And they have eternal life. And so, therefore, it's not political. But scripture tells us that baby, God knows that baby from its conception, knows how long he or she is going to live, what is, how many children she's going to have, what, which husband she's going to have, how long, what is she called to this or that. God knows. And so we better not touch that baby and hurt that baby. So that's part of the reason we are believers in the Lord and it affects politics in that that we honor the Bible, it affects our politics. But part of the, the thing that as we come to prayer, and as we continue in the days to come, I want to bring and we will bring to every, maybe the devil may consider this unfair, but the finished work of Jesus is for you and for your child. You can go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, heal my baby. I thank you, Lord. You're going to heal his or her kidneys. You're going to heal her eyes. You're going to heal. We have seen right here uh, child, autistic children who have never spoken and they are four or five years old. I know what little David in Washington, D.C., who had not spoken one word. In, if I remember correctly, in five years, and I gave his mommy this healing from one high CD and said, play it over him. And the next day she woke up, he woke up and was talking. And I said, I mean, our God is a supernatural God. And we will bear this testimony now. And uh, it says, Colossians 4, verse 2, Continue earnestly in prayer. So these are part of the instructions we have as we are conscious and we are telling people we are losing the power of God. Jesus, by his stripes, you are healed and you are being healed. Your husband is being healed. Your baby is being, is being healed. That autistic child will start speaking. We are prophesying as we are in prayer, the Lord is sharing with us his word. So prayer is not just us talking, but someone 
greater, 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 much greater than any of us is joining us. And we know what the answer is, that he is watching over us. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And uh, the Lord says, do not allow doubt to come into your heart or your mind. And all things, Matthew 21, 22 says, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Say, I'm receiving. I'm receiving. Even, tonight. Even tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. you hear my prayers. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.